Hello and welcome back to the Go Encourage podcast. My name is Rix. Today in the studio, I have my good friend Vivek Bell joining us, unpacking some of his life experiences around courage. Before we get there, can I just quickly remind you to hit that subscribe button, hit that like button and help this channel grow. So I'm in the studio today with my good friend Vivek Bell. Hey. Hey Viv, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, I'm really excited that people get to know who you are and that we get to unpack a little bit about courage today. Brilliant, really excited to be here and yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. So um, it seems to be a bit of a tradition on this podcast to ask people what their name means. So do you um, know what your name means? So it's pronounced Vivek uh, in Sanskrit and mm. it actually means wisdom. Nice. Uh, it's a judge as well, uh, according to some findings. And it's also um, empowerment in terms of uh, fulfillment in life. So it's, it's quite a weird concept, but yeah, it rings uh, familiarity with me. So it's wow. quite good. That's powerful, man. Yeah. What a name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was when, when my my granddad actually named me, and uh, mm. when I asked when I was quite young what it meant, uh, it meant a lot to me. So yeah, mm. really cool. Do you feel like uh, knowing that from a young age, it make you it made you aspire to want to be, you know, yeah. A, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Embody those words. I, th- I you know what I think subconsciously, yeah, mm. I, I I totally agree with that. I think when anybody at a young age finds out what their name means that they generally want to kind of behave and become go down that route effectively so mm. i think yeah for me it was definitely the case i did kind of think yeah okay i'm, I'm gonna try and be wise yeah. i may not be <laughs> but I, I tried nice i like it i like it um so uh can you tell us a little bit about where you're from where you grew up family so i grew up in this really posh town in west london called right. hounslow hounslow yeah yeah i mean it's a great place and there's a little village a village <laughs> called hester Right. Um, I grew up over there. I actually was born in my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to a, a street very close by, so very close to the airport. I think it was because mm. when uh, my parents landed in the UK, they were just thought, when when we have to leave or we get kicked out, there's the, the airport's just down yeah, the road and we don't have to go too far. Um, so, yeah, no, I grew up over in Hounslow. Um, it, it, great place. I met some fantastic people, mm-hmm. um, had a really diverse kind of upbringing with lots of different characters. So great place. Amazing. Yeah. And um, family, big family, small family? Huge family. Right. So my nuclear family at that time was four of us. That was my mum, dad, my brother and I. Um, but a really vast family on top of that. So my dad is one of four siblings, right. nine grandchildren uh, and my grandparents as well. And we were all at my grandparents' house all the time. And uh, it was really fun. Our family's really diverse. It's grown exponentially since, obviously, with marriages and kids mm. and so on and so forth. Um, and I think it's close to like 40-odd people now, if I can remember rightly, wow. uh, just on my dad's side. And on my mum's side, she's one of nine um, and she's one of the youngest. Uh, so I have a lot of cousins who are a lot older than me and some of them do live in the UK, mm-hmm. but majority of them live in, the, in India. Wow. And, and would you say that you're quite a tight knit family in each other's lives, things like that? Yeah, without a doubt. I think some, sometimes unhealthily so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we are. We're, we're, um, we, we know a lot about each other. We're not just family. We're friends. We socialize together. We hang out together. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great way of growing up. We were all very different, which is also mm. an accolade in its own kind of way. And we all just had our own kind of uh, hearts going in different directions. So it's great. Sure. Yeah. 
Amazing. Cool. Wow. And 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 the background is India. Is that right? Or? Yeah. So a bit of a bit a bit diverse actually. So my my granddad was from a village or a city called Rawalpindi, right. which is now part of Pakistan. Okay. And it was before uh, the kind of partition took place. He migrated then to Punjab, mm-hmm. uh, which is now part of India. As well. I mean, always has been part of India, but moved to Punjab, and then thereafter he then moved his family to his his daughter and his wife actually to Dar es Salaam in Tanzania oh wow um yeah so East Africa um they they lived there my dad was born there with his two younger sisters as well mm-hmm. um and then eventually they moved across when the whole Idi Amin thing happened in Uganda mm-hmm. there was a bit of fear going on with lots of people they decided that they would move um and they came to the UK and they were able to settle down um late 60s early 70s type wow. of kind of scenario uh came down settled in and that was it um and then i was born in the 70s and lots of other cousins and family members nice nice cool yeah. wow and and in terms of your sort of family unit you're married i am yeah so I'm, I'm i am married um to um, a lady called rika um she's from cardiff in wales um and i have two beautiful children they are twin girls mm-hmm. their names are jessica and olivia um pronounced olivia or jessica in 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 the western world but yeah lovely lovely girls um they are almost eight years old wow. uh, they'll be eight in feb and um, love being a dad oh it's the best best <laughs> i think it was the one of the 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 best gift i think somebody could have and uh I think the minute they were born until and and continuing to go on it's just been an amazing journey. I think you have different elements of being a father at different points in time as you probably know mm-hmm. as well and the fact is that you know girls are amazing. I you know they just they're fantastic. They're daddy's girls. Um on the fun one apparently. Apparently, nice. apparently. Um but we have a lot of fun together and it's is and uh yeah, they're just brilliant. I think in, in, in Indian culture as well, there's a stigma uh, or a stereotype that, you know, you want to have a boy, you want to have a boy. And I've got a few friends at the moment who, you know, are either pregnant or, you know, just recently had a child and they were like, oh, I, oh, I really want it to be. I'm talking to the men here. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, I really want it to be a boy. I'm like, mate, you have no idea the connection that a daughter has with a dad. Like it, it surpasses anything. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the best feelings. I think um, I remember being asked by my wife, so what do you prefer? And I said, like, I'm going to have two girls. Mm-hmm. We found out into the pregnancy that we were going to have twins. Wow. Um, and then um, we didn't find out the gender. Mm-hmm. So we decided against finding out. And then um, I was like, I'm pretty certain it's going to be two girls. That's what I want. But mm-hmm. hey, as long as babies are healthy, that's mm. the main thing. Yeah, of course. Um, and then two girls arrived and I was just like, yeah, ecstatic beyond belief and it's it's not changed since yeah amazing yeah. i can testify to that as well in terms of yeah uh daughters they just um yeah it's just a thing there's just a thing yeah. sons and mothers daughters and yeah. dads it's just a thing which is really special um so if you rewind back to when you were say their age yeah. uh, or a little bit older um was there uh, an aspiration that you had or an ambition in what you wanted to do when you grew up so so weirdly so no <laughs> it was quite i mean every week was different and i think quite often as as adults we go back and maybe recollect that we might wanted to do something i mean there's that whole prudential advert i want to be a tree or whatever it was and all sorts of different aspects there i think for me personally i didn't have a career goal in mind if i'm honest mm-hmm. i think for me it was just like hey i got to each day was take it as it comes you've got your interests unfortunately for me as a child I was bullied 
So I had quite a lot of different angles to kind of um, compete with on a daily basis. I didn't, I wouldn't necessarily say I didn't have time to think about what I wanted to be, but I think I spent most of my time trying to uh, figure out what the next day was going to be like Mm -hmm. and see how I would survive i don't know if that sounds like the the right way of saying it i mean survival is one thing but it was about emotional survival it was Mm -hmm. going and going hey what's going to be today Mm -hmm. what do i have to deal with now and it it was it was a regular basis it was like that from primary school up until about the middle of my secondary school time Mm -hmm. um and then after that i think i just came into my own i was always the person i am today if i'm completely honest Mm -hmm. um and I just, yeah, I just had a lot more confidence. I started taking stuff like Taekwondo up, um, doing extracurricular activities outside of school, uh, became a little bit more sporty. And that changed mm. me, I think, quite a bit. And I became a lot more sociable on the back of that. Um, but one of the, I think at a certain age, when I was a little bit older, um, I think there was an inkling of me wanting to go into law. Law? Yeah, wow. weirdly so. But um, at that time, I was convinced that, you can't be a lawyer because it is very racist to be a lawyer in this country. We won't go far. I was told right. by, uh, by 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 parents and uncles and aunts and so on. Uh, however, um, I, I chose a different career path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the warning there was someone of your background, color, culture wouldn't progress so far in that yeah career. i think i think there was a perception of that and evidently that's not the case sure, sure. <laughs> there's many successful lawyers that have uh, come out from our age group and older in fact mm. and younger um i think it's just people at that time and yeah, it was yeah. just the way it was but, and yeah. i think you know it's not a, it's not a blame thing it's just having a look at what is presented to you and how you respond yeah. to that at the time you know and i completely agree i think it's anything that's given to you at any given point in time with the knowledge you have you make a decision mm. everything's choices right and yeah. you make a choice at that given point point of time no regrets no regrets yeah yeah cool um you touched on bullying then if i hope you don't mind me um having a look at that and and would you say you know the taekwondo and sort of self-development at that young age was in response to how you might have felt or what you went through there yeah i think yeah to a certain degree yes i think um i think my my mum in particular wanted me to um toughen up is probably the 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 easier way to put it Mm -hmm. but also wanted me to kind of understand that this is just words mm. you know a lot of people are saying what they're saying it did get a little bit physical at times uh when i was younger but the older i got uh the more i understood about the strength that i had mm. and that strength was there's a lot there's mental strength as well as physical but i think combined two together i i ended up kind of overcoming a lot of obstacles mm. from that perspective amazing that's awesome and you you're saying sort of late primary to mid high school yeah so late primary to mid high school is completely spot on so probably around nine years old i started to experience Mm -hmm. the bullying and probably understood it Mm -hmm. what this means oh right okay this doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. um and then up until about 13 maybe 14 ish uh, i think that's when it continued to go on um you know being this skinny lanky tall kid and there's all sorts of different aspects um it all came into play and Mm -hmm. i think i was quite shy as a child as well Mm -hmm. surprisingly so um and that also played into a lot of things and the other thing is i had a lot of uh, female friends so i generally navigate to more female friends as a as a child and that maybe other folks in the class 
didn't like that. I don't mm. know, but it was one of those things. It's funny, isn't it? Thinking back, because we're you know we're the same age, and um, how the world has changed so much. Like completely. back then, hanging around with girls, you you know, people did ridicule you. For yeah, that. yeah, completely. Uh, whereas now, it's not even a thing. Like you know, yeah, complete. I think it's also interests that you had at the time. Like I, you know, I can't even remember the interests I had at primary school. Mm. If I'm completely honest, but I was quietly spoken. Mm-hmm. I did well in certain subjects, in quite a few, but I think it was just I was quiet. Mm. I'm quite shy and that mm. was an easy target I guess for anybody sure. uh, overcoming it was a little bit more for me I think it was more in the performance side of things mm-hmm. so um, I, I enjoyed uh, improvisation I enjoyed doing um, uh, kind of arts artsy subjects like drama mm-hmm. uh, I, I learned to play the guitar at a young age I went into me. I, I really enjoyed singing as a young age. I wasn't. I may have not been good at it, but I enjoyed it. And it. And I think those little things sparked up confidence. Mm-hmm. And once you were able to do that in front of yourself, and kind of go, hey, and then do it in front of your parents, then mm-hmm. a slightly wider audience. And then, like I said to you earlier, my family was so close, in a healthy or unhealthy way. It was the way it was, mm-hmm. and we were able to just have little talent shows and stuff. And I think that brought a lot of confidence in us. What, within the family? Within the family. Oh, and then cool. obviously cascades through to your life as well. So, yeah. 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 I, I like what you said there, because, uh, sorry, going back a little bit, when we talked about you, um, you know, aspirations and ambitions and stuff like that. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people in life who think they have to know what they want to be when they grow up and then start that journey at yeah. the beginning. And I, and I think we'll go into it in a little while when we um, unpack your your uh, very adventurer filled career <laughs> but it you know it's a testament that you don't have to have it all worked out at a young yeah. age you know um completely agree and no, i completely agree i think i mean i know we're going to unpack this in a bit but i think just to start with that it's a choice is a choice it doesn't mean it's set in stone mm. it's one of my mantras you can change your mind and don't feel guilty about it actually own it mm. and go and do different things and experience it we have this life go and do the most you can with it and have fun at the same time don't kind of think that i have to do this because of this you have to do things don't get me wrong but the way you do it and what you choose to do down the line is completely down to you Mm. and the more fun you have the better you're going to be at it Mm. the more you enjoy it yeah Yeah, Yeah, completely um so what do you actually do now comparing (laughs) yourself to when you were younger to now what do you actually do now um so i'm in i'm in the world of uh digital transformation and that it it can mean a lot and i know when i speak to peers and friends who don't work with me but school friends or people i've gone to university with and so on and so forth will come back and go i have no idea what you just said uh, but hey it sounds good great um I think I'll, I'll kind of go back in time a little bit. Yeah, please. Um, so if that, that works. So I graduated, I went to, um, uh, on a grad scheme um, in IT. So I graduated computer science, mm-hmm. uh, went to do an IT grad scheme. Uh, really, really lucrative, really good, in fact. Learned a lot in those three years. Um, and thereafter, I had this kind of, this itch. And I was like, what is it? Why, why am I not, why do I not enjoy this? So for a year after my grad scheme, I worked, at a retailer and uh, doing some corporate work there. And I decided I actually want to become a teacher. Wow. Yeah. So I ended up becoming a high school or secondary school teacher um, in a comprehensive in West London. In fact, it was my old school. Amazing. Yeah. So I went back there on something called a graduate Did, did that just drop? Like, how did you go from thinking, oh, this is what I'm doing and then, oh, I'm going to be a teacher? Because it's quite a... Yeah. I think... <laughs> 
I think at that point in time, I was, I was kind of like, I really enjoyed the public speaking to a certain degree. I was quite young still, but I also felt like I wanted to give, it sounds like such a cliche, but I wanted to give back. Amazing. And we had some great teachers, especially in the artsy subjects. Uh, and I still remember them. They're still close uh, to my heart till this day. And I thought, you know what? I know I can go back and do something similar. And having a degree for, in computer science and then um, having the graduate scheme under my belt, an opportunity arose. Mm-hmm. And I decided I'd take it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go and try this out. I ended up doing teaching for almost five years, four and a half years. I did about almost three years at my old school. And then I went into a local council and actually worked uh, for three separate schools as a family coordinator, funny enough, and um, did a lot of work over there helping children and parents who who were immigrants basically who came to the to the country at a very young age and they're starting out and they had different things that needed to do so was, the kids or the children were in the nursery mm-hmm. and I got to meet them and it was a very female driven market in 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 the education sector especially at nursery level so a lot of the children there didn't have males around mm-hmm. so i remember when i used to walk into the rooms must be bombarded <laughs> with lots of children. Hey, hey. It's like, but it was really nice. Um, got to know a lot of families. And then from there, started working with a primary school and then another secondary school. Mm. At that given so point... You, so of, all ages then, from so nursery, all ages, yeah. primary and secondary as well. Exactly. So, so my initial was just secondary and then I moved to nursery, primary and secondary. And by the end of that stint, um, a lot of opportunities started to come my way because I started getting heavily into data and analytics um aside understanding what that means to run a business what does business intelligence mean what does data mean and how can organizations prosper Mm. one of the areas i was focusing on is how to improve the education sector through data and then i got approached by an organization that with the product i was using and they asked me if i wanted to be an education consultant and travel around europe um delivering education on their software Mm -hmm. um and I decided, you know what, I think I can. Uh, and I took the jump and the leap. Um, and from there, I grew my career into data, technology um, transformation to digital transformation. Mm-hmm. And where I am now is I'm a digital transformation officer yeah. uh, working for um, a newly IPO'd organization based out in Israel and San Francisco and we've got offices all around the world and one of them is in the UK and I'm looking after the EMEA market and the APAC region Mm -hmm. so totally different changes from where I started to where I am today absolutely and and I guess like if if we um sort of have a look at that transition you know you you were given an opportunity to go into teaching yeah you were given an opportunity to go into digital transformation and so I guess, you know, I was going to save it for later, but it sounds like a good space to ask you, what goes through your mind? What, what, what do you think? <laughs> like, what, do you go, yeah, I'll do that? Or, you know, what, what happens on the inside? Because I think so I, I, look, I look at everything as an opportunity, if mm-hmm. I'm completely honest with you. Um, so everything that comes my way, I'm kind of like, I won't say no. I say, okay, what, what can I do with this? How can I use this and actually learn from it? And one of the biggest parts of my growth has been learning. Mm-hmm. And I continue to learn everywhere I go. And I think diversity in what you do allows you to 
learn a lot of different things from a lot of talented people out there and some may argue well what about the focus mm -hmm. i think you can get a lot of focus in a short amount of time and almost become very good at what you do mm -hmm. and on the back of that when another opportunity comes you use that old focus to actually enhance what new opportunity you're going to have to learn about and teaching as a prime example helped me get into management consultancy and i'll tell you the reason why if i could convince 11 year olds that the subject i was teaching i taught three subjects i taught mathematics economics and computer science and if i could convince an 11 year old that maths was the best subject ever going in front of a c-suite individual at any organization was pretty easy mm. um, it was less daunting less overwhelming i was able to walk in have great discussions with individuals mm -hmm. and be able to enhance the conversation really explain things differentiate between different target audiences bring the ethos to the table and inadvertently sell um, that helped me grow and on the back of that that foundational skill then on top of that really allowed me to focus in on different technical abilities mm -hmm. so the data part was important because i got data from day one and it's a commodity it's a powerful commodity that's being used everywhere and people are now realizing it going in and convincing them mm -hmm. was the hard part mm -hmm. after that it became easier then the challenge became held on what is a digital transformation what do you mean by that mm -hmm. and there are so many answers and now i'm an evangelist for a product right that helps people go through that and mm -hmm. actually helps them enhance their transformation journey through change behavior and so on and so forth so you're so you're looking at every opportunity as um, a chance to learn something new Completely. and then take those skills into you know whatever comes up later. Completely. On. So yeah. everything I've learned to some capacity has always been brought into the new thing I take forward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So regardless of what I do, everything I learn is is being utilized. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to kind of throw it away. I want to make sure it's been stored. Mm -hmm. It's kept in a certain position. Mm -hmm. I'm then able to extract what I need to and then utilize that and gain as much traction as I possibly can in order for that to move forward. Yeah, amazing. That's good. Yeah. That's a good strategy. Great strategy. Um, uh, drilling into a little bit more about you and your personality, uh, would you say you're more introverted or extroverted? It's, a, it's an interesting question because my, my wife would say I'm extrovert. Right. I think a lot of my friends would probably say I'm an extrovert. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I'm an introvert personally. So, and the reason it comes to is like, we talked a little bit about my childhood earlier, being bullied. I think I was an introvert. I continued to be, I then ended up having to be an extrovert in order to get my point across. Mm -hmm. And that cascaded into growing up, going to university, getting my job, family life. And I think people have a perception of be, being an, uh, an extrovert. Mm -hmm. I think deep down inside, I know I'm an introvert. I was going to ask you if, you're you're a go with the flow kind of person or do you tend to try and make things happen yeah so i i probably i'd probably sway to more the tend to make things happen mm -hmm. um i can go with the flow sure i think anyone can but the if you don't get up and go and pick what you need to be doing and why you need to be doing it you may get stagnated you may be hindered or you might be playing stuck in the mud and trying to take that leg out mm. but you don't realize why and i think for me the kind of get up and go or really make a decision is the key to how i've moved into certain areas in my life mm. and done what i've had to do and mm. i think that's been 
very important for me personally and that all goes back down to the learning as well mm. so i guess like learning you know helps you step up encourage yeah. and 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 go to the next level completely mm. completely that's good what's a good compliment that's been said about you man i've only ever heard some negative <laughs> um compliment wise let me think um it's it's an interesting one i think my granddad uh, used to say it to me was your patience is is i respect your patience mm -hmm. regardless of the fact i was a hyper kid and could run around anywhere if i wanted something and i was told to wait he would often say with all, you know with all the grandchildren that he's he was looking after at one given point in time he would turn around and say you're really patient and that cascaded through to my teaching mm -hmm. and i think on the back of that after teaching and going into uh, the working environment a lot of colleagues have always said you're very patient mm -hmm. you're very you're very good at kind of listening mm -hmm. taking things on board no matter how urgent something may seem mm -hmm. to appear mm -hmm. i've been able to come back with a rational way of dealing with things were your parents like that as well your grandparents like that is this something think, you picked up or do you think it's unique to you i think my dad was like that right my dad definitely was like that my my and my granddad in particular my grandma no <laughs> my mum no <laughs> um but yeah my granddad and my dad were quite patient individuals uh my dad had a lot of different things he had to deal with growing up um he had he suffered from mental illness mm -hmm. so from that capacity it was quite different but he was dealing with a lot and quite strong to be able to do that and still be a patient man so i'd probably call him the world's most patient person mm -hmm. in my opinion amazing yeah. Amazing. Wow. So we've got two questions before we get into the courage aspect of stuff. Sure. Uh, although a lot of what you talked about today has, uh, you know, taken courage to even, you know, like moving from career to career and stuff like that. It's, it's incredible. So I really want to drill into that a little bit more. But what would you say um, people misunderstand about you the most? Oh, that's a really good question and a tough one. Um, I think I think a lot of people would think that I'm extremely extroverted and i think and i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but i think a lot of people think that oh yeah it's, it's vivek he he's the type of person who's going to go and get things done and he's going to be the type of person who does this does that i think the misunderstanding on that sometimes is people think that i'm open to doing some stuff that i don't want to do mm. and generally and quite often i'll have to say no and i'm not used to saying no that's the other problem about me <laughs> um and i think that that side of it in terms of getting people to they've almost labeled me as the the, the party person the guy that's going to go out and have fun constantly and i'm like no i love socializing and i love getting to know people but that doesn't mean i'm going to go and do a headbanger in a club constantly and mm. and go through all of the malarkey of of a night out and then the next day having the worst ever hangover mm. no mm. um i generally think that i'm i'm i prefer pubs mm. um and i ge generally prefer conversation mm. i was going to ask you actually what kind of things do you like to do to socialize yeah so so sports is number one on the list mm. uh, and i think uh, watching mostly, participating participating mm. mainly if i have a choice between watching or participating and always be participating mm. um and with me it's it's like I, I enjoy playing badminton with my friends i play football with my friends um i enjoy running when i can um and just taking up new challenges really and i've done a various a, a, quite a few amounts of tough mudders in 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 um uh, kind of the last six to seven years i've done 
uh, some half marathons when I was a lot younger. I'm now going to be going to do a full marathon, the Ooh, London Marathon. Wow, so bro. I'm looking forward to doing that. I got accepted on the ballot. So um, that'd be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> a full <laughs> marathon. <laughs> yeah. I've got to lose a lot of weight, but hey, I'll get there. <laughs> Um, is there is there a reason why you're going for it, or is it like just a personal challenge? Yeah, there's there's a couple of things. So um, it's uh, something called Seva. Uh, it's a charity called Seva International, um, and they deal with a vast amount of projects around the world to help build infrastructure for countries that can't typically do it. Um, I'm, I'm talking like educational establishments, schools, um, getting uh, people aware of certain aspects that take place around the world. Education is probably the key part of it. Mm -hmm. And that has resonated with me a lot. The second part is a lot to do with mental illness and mental health. I think I touched on it earlier with my father. Um, so he suffered from bipolar most of his well all of my life most of his and it was something that he dealt with on a regular basis and i think on the back of that it's the awareness campaigns that i want to build out and be able to help people but also through seva really funny i'm actually going to be driving a rickshaw electric rickshaw from the east of india to the west of india over two weeks wow so there's a place called Vrasani that's in the east um uh, and going all the way to the west to Kutch in gujarat and driving that for two weeks i think it is wow. and that's at the end of uh, end of the year end of in in uh, end of this year 2023 yeah wow amazing yeah. wow that's incredible yeah yeah so um, it's uh it's interesting but i think uh, a lot of uh, the, obviously the awareness on mental health um being able to, f to the courage that sits behind that is is mm. absolutely mm. uh prevalent to me but more importantly it's something that i've admired from afar and nearby with people who go through it themselves. Mm. And and the amount of just character development, willpower, courage that you need uh, when you are tackling things up here. Yeah. Um, I would say here as well. Uh, you know, compared to things that are physical, um, a lot of it's unseen, you know. Completely. Um, and then what we tend to, I don't want to use the word judge, but you hear where I'm coming from. We, we, we tend to judge people on their actions, their behaviors, yep. what comes out on the outside, but we kind of discount, you know, where that comes from, where that roots from on the inside. Yeah, no, I, compl I completely agree. I think a, a lot of people, um, there's a lot more awareness now. Mm. I mean, I'm talking years ago and even now there still needs to be a lot more awareness. Agreed. But I think when people are dealing with mental um, constraints mm -hmm. or when people have issues that they can't articulate um, and they haven't got the outlet that they need it's almost like a pressure cooker mm -hmm. it's sitting within that person and then it explodes at times and people judge mm -hmm. uh, whether it's the right thing or wrong thing to do that's a choice on that individual but it's about being aware mm -hmm. that people have this and all sorts of people. They could be the most professional individuals. They could be people fresh out of university. They could be people at school. Mm. It doesn't matter about your gender. It mm. doesn't matter about your race. Mm. It doesn't matter about anything. That person could be going through something. Mm. So it's the awareness that comes with it and how to focus on speaking to somebody as well. And I'm not saying you're walking on eggshells because sure. that's not the case. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about just have an awareness about it. Mm. If you know that this exists mm. and it's out there, when you're speaking to somebody, just just have that somewhere mm. somewhere rooted in your mind and you'll 
tend to understand somebody a little bit better, in my opinion. And I could be completely wrong because mm. I'm not an expert. Sure. But I've dealt with that in family for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and going back to Seva, um, if I'm not mistaken, that translates to service, right? It does. And so yeah. it's a charity that provides a service it does. in mental health. Well, all all sorts of different things across across the the, the board. I mean, predominantly helping countries mm-hmm. um, with in the UK, it could be helping the aged, the elderly. Oh, so okay. you'll have a lot of people through COVID, for example, who were relying on deliveries, but mm-hmm. they weren't able to get them anymore. They were relying on an income that they weren't necessarily able to get anymore. So what we had done during that period of time was we set up um, a food bank in uh, a mandir uh, a temple mm-hmm. in um, uh, Berkshire mm-hmm. and we were able to gather as much food as possible over there cook meals mm-hmm. put them into containers and send them to old people's homes so they had hot food that was one mm-hmm. the second one was also helping the NHS and the doctors who were working tirelessly during that time so some of the doctors and the NHS staff were working 72 hours mm-hmm. ongoing and more yeah I didn't have time to go and get something to eat. They were literally surviving on a bar of chocolate or, uh, you know, uh, whatever they could get their hands on at that given point in time. So we were giving them meals mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. That, so that was one side of it. The other side was um, through service. Like, for example, um, there was a church that needed um, refurbing. Mm-hmm. So we went into the church. We refurbed the entire church. Mm-hmm. We did their gardening we cleaned their garden and this was in the midst of summer last summer when it was the hottest summer we've had in years standing out there digging up um the 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 gardens and relaying grass on there taking the weeds out uh putting up new fences all sorts of different things like that the amount of stuff you see that's been thrown into churchyards is Mm. is unbelievable so that that was another side of it so we worked on that and then and then there's a completely different side now imagine you've got um folks who are in old folks homes and they don't have visitors they don't have anybody who comes to see them their family have either just kind of not not in the same vicinity anymore or have just decided they don't want to might be hard for them whatever the reason is Mm. those people are alone Mm. so what seva or what we've done is being able to go then have conversations meet them Mm. sit down with them have hey how are you what do you do and bring younger children with us as well and i let me tell you something the when you put an old person and a young person mm. together, the stories, but also the happiness mm. that is that comes out from that person is is unexplainable. It's Unless incredible. you're there and you see it. It's incredible. Just, I've yeah. seen it. It's incredible. Um, and it doesn't kind of logically make sense in some way because yeah. you're like, oh, you know, the child's going to get bored. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, what they got to do? Completely. But, but the, 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 yeah, the connection, the contrast between those two ages is a beautiful thing, you know. And it's just unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, wow, that's, that sounds amazing. Um, you, you mentioned the mandir there. Is that like? Uh, can you give us a little for people who don't know what that is? And- yeah. So so um, so from a so I'm a Hindu. I'm a practicing Hindu. Um, it's a way of life for me. Um, it, it it means uh, being a good person. And I know that sounds quite vague and generic, but it's about helping your community, helping people around you. Um, it, it it there's so many. There's there's a word called sanskar. Mm-hmm. Sanskar means uh, typically it means how you've been brought up what your discipline is and how you've you can surpass that knowledge to other people around you mm. and i think from my perspective sanskar is really important because it then helps drive um community spirit mm-hmm. it helps drive 
collective understanding of people around you um, it helps understand what people are going through and therefore it helps you give give back and openly give back to the community and community isn't just the like other hindus mm-hmm. or sikhs or christians or uh, M- muslims or anything like that it's basically the whole world that's what a community is mm-hmm. and i believe wherever you are and whoever you're around at that given point in time is giving the positive energy and giving mm-hmm. people the understanding that you know this is we should be good this yeah. is how we should be good together yeah what, what what comes to mind when you think of courage what what kind of things pop up for you first is my dad your dad yeah oh. yeah um i'd probably say other words are or other things that pop up into mind is focus mm-hmm. I'd say strength mm-hmm. is is a big part of courage, um, and I'd say facing fears, mm. um, understanding what your fears are because sometimes you just don't even know. Yeah. But understanding your fears and facing them, um, and opportunity mm-hmm. is courage. Mm-hmm. Opportunity. Okay, so if we, let's look at let's let's break some of those down. Um, you started off with your dad. Yeah, I know you lost your dad recently. Yeah. Um, he was a courageous person in your life. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So my dad was this this amazingly gentle person. Mm-hmm. Um, he was 71 when he passed away, but he lived with the depression all his life. So he had mental illness literally from childhood. Um, got married in the 70s. I was born in the late 70s. Um, my brother in the mid 80s. And we grew up with the most gentle human being you can possibly imagine. It was really hard for my father to work or be around people socially, yet he did. Mm. It was really hard for him to be around family at times, yet he was. Mm. It was really hard for him to be able to articulate himself, but he always did. Mm. So what I mean by that was, or is, is that my dad had this capacity or this ability to continue to go on. Mm. He never gave up regardless of how many things he was going through. And it's, 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 uh, I, I actually, funny enough, said this on his eulogy at this funeral. Um, imagine a person who, imagine having a conversation with somebody and you're one-on-one, like you and I are right now, we're having a conversation. We're focused on each other. We're talking about aspects. You're asking me a question. I'm answering it. We're going back and forth. My father couldn't do that. But if you saw him on camera, you think he could do it perfectly. Mm. And the reason why is he had about a thousand voices mm. talking to him at the exact same time. Right. And he had that most of his life, mm. if not all. But he still managed to get through it. So on the outside, when people saw him, mm. at some stages, people thought he was an extrovert. Mm. At some stages, people saw him and thought, wow, like this guy's doing this, this, this. He's pretty cool. But he just managed to get through it. On the inside, though, what he was dealing with was epic. It was massive. It was huge. And, um, it, you know, years go by and, uh, you know, my brother, my, my mother, and myself specifically, and, and again, my, my dad's siblings as well, would have seen all of this with them growing up with it and then us growing up with it and then seeing what that was like internally mm-hmm. and what he had to deal with on a regular basis. Wow. And then later in life, he got uh, Parkinson's. And then the mixture of Parkinson's mental health is the worst combination sure. you can possibly imagine. But courage was him through and through. He would mm-hmm. fall because of Parkinson's, be right back up again. Mm. And he would continue. 
he would still want to dress amazingly well. He'd he'd, he'd have fantastic uh, dress sense on him, and he'd still want to go out and and showcase, you know, who he is or who he was as a person. Mm. And for me, that was courage. Mm. Uh, and he had this firm politeness about him. Uh, whoever met him was like, you know, he's he's always really calm really right and you'd never think that with somebody with bipolar mm. and somebody who's dealing with what he's been dealt with and he, you know he he was just constantly calm and just very rational pragmatic mm. down to earth and he's quite a, a respected member of the community from what you've you've told yeah me yeah completely well. yeah completely he you know he was also part of the save us stuff that we did earlier on um but people generally knew him in the community mm. uh obviously because of my granddad too and there was a vast amount of that kind of influence there as well but my my dad just yeah generally was just a very nice man mm. a nice human being yeah amazing so you you had uh you know that great example of if you get knocked down, get back up again. It's a bit rocky, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's definitely our generation, <laughs> yeah. our era, isn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah, to have that in your house all the time, you know, to, to see that would have yeah. had an impact, I would imagine. On I mean, and uh, you know, it, it works both ways. It's like my mum as well. I mean, she's an exceptionally strong human being. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously looked after my father for a while, for a very long time had her own demons to deal with as well, but was very strong and has always been courageous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, almost, you know, kind of going out and earning uh, as a single mother at that point in time, um, trying to get the income in for the family and support us and make sure that we had what we needed. And she was, she's always done that, always has, and has been a very strong uh, mm-hmm. person from that perspective. Yeah, And that mm-hmm. obviously had a massive influence on myself and my brother, I'd, I'd say, and we both kind of took that away and that's helped us too. Yeah, yeah. incredible. Um, you also mentioned, you know, you, you see courage as something that, uh, what came to mind, sorry, you said about facing fears. Yeah. And so... Um, can you think of an example in your life where you've had to really dig deep and, and, and face something in front of you? What could you, what could someone listening potentially? Uh, um, I mean, I could go through quite a few examples, the bullying that I went sure. through, obviously. Um, but I think the most recent part is loss. Right. And I think um, that facing your fears, I mean, that's a huge fear. I think anyone who, in a, you, we're all going to lose somebody in our lives mm-hmm. um, at some stage or another, um, I've lost friends. Um, I've lost family members. Uh, one of the biggest fears was losing my dad. Mm-hmm. And when he went, um, I think, you know, you, you, you're, you're scared because you're kind of like, oh, what? he's not here anymore. Um, what happens next? And I think facing fears is the only way you mm-hmm. can deal with anything. If you hold it in or you kind of, turn the mirror the other way around so you're seeing the back of the, the mirror mm. and not being able to see anything you're you're just basically pushing things deep deep mm. down inside and you're not able to deal with it uh the prime example with my when my father passing away was what what what's next mm. like how do we how do we as a family deal with this um how do i step up um and more importantly how do i support the people around me and beyond that how do I deal with it? Mm. And I think that came a lot later for me. Mm. And it was only, you know, it was only recently, it was last year, April, um, that he passed away. Uh, So it's not even been a year yet. Mm. But it, you know, that dealing with that side of things and actually being able to stand up to it and understanding what needs to happen next Mm. in that ever so life journey that you take is really important. 
and everyone takes it so differently. It was emotional. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it still is, and it still can be. Mm. Um, but it's also taking everything that you learn from your time with that person. Mm -hmm. So my message to anyone is if you're, if you do lose somebody in your life or you are uh, going through that, um, you're not alone. Number one, number two, speak to the people around you, speak to your family members. Mm. Um, number three, um, don't feel like it's the end. Mm -hmm. There's so much that you've had, no matter how much time with that person that you can take away and use for yourself mm. or impact other people around you. Mm. So there's lots of uh, different ways of dealing with it. Um, and mine, mine, mine is face it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's been said that the opposite of faith is fear. Yeah. And so if you live in the fear, you kind of, you know, you start to um, grow hopelessness. Uh, whereas if you step into your faith, uh, completely, in and when I say faith, I mean, you know, in terms of stepping into hope that there is a better tomorrow. I com I completely agree mm. with that. I completely agree with that. Your career has been sort of a fascinating journey. I know we touched on it earlier on. Yeah. Um, what are there? Are there sort of significant moments that you can remember that you know helped you to build the courage to to step up and take it to the next level? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I um, so I was on a, a grad scheme, a good trajectory to a very good, uh, formidable and lucrative career ahead of me in IT and technology, um, and I decided I just wasn't happy, mm. and I had to listen to my head and my heart um, at that time. And I think um, when I actually went into perspective and thought, well, what do I want to do? Uh, I wanted to give back whatever it was, I wanted to go back and, and kind of go to individuals that could learn something from my experiences, even though it was so early in my career. I just thought, what can I do? Mm. And teaching was mm. the, the point of protocol that came to mind. I think the hardest part was that jump. Mm. Oh, it's, it's scary. Mm. It's really scary. You've got this career. You've got this new salary that you've got. Uh, you've just come out of university a really good salary that you get on a grad scheme. You're kind of like, oh yeah, this is the start of everything. Mm. Um, and I suppose we're taught that, like growing yeah, up, that's yeah, it. Yeah. You know, once you, you've done your degree or whatever it is you're doing and then you jump into your job, you've made it, like that's it. Completely. And mm. uh, you're spot on. I think the the pressure you have from family, community, mm. friends, that are like, yeah, I mean, this is what you're doing. This is what, what it was about. Mm. You went to university. Uh, this is what's happening. And uh, I remember I made my mind up i hadn't made well I'd, I'd made the decision i wanted to do it but i didn't know when is is probably the answer i'd give there and uh, i just met um my wife actually who's my wife now during that period of time and i remember dating her and saying and she asked what do i do so it's like a first date and i said well i've just i've done this and i'm about to step into teaching mm. she said, that's amazing mm. And uh, I think that was the, the the switch I needed. It was a bit of a, hey, look, you're going to go into teaching. That's so, that's that's credible. That's amazing. Oh, like you've got my support. And that's what I wanted to hear. And I think mm. a lot of folks prior to that who are still good friends of mine, don't get me wrong, and family members, whoever it was, oh, you want to be a teacher? Mm. I mean, you've just done your degree in this and you're going to, what do you want to be a teacher for? And I think I always felt a bit like, oh, do I do it? And I had to question it. That leap was scary. 
But the affirmation from a at the time was somebody I just met mm. was a lot for me and it meant a lot. Um it meant look go and do it. And thereafter I actually decided I'm not going to um listen to everything around me and people giving their opinions and don't get me wrong I'm happy to hear opinions whether or not it actively has an impact on that is is different i think from that point onwards i was a bit like no i i think i know what i'm doing mm. i need to make this decision went into teaching fantastic profession by the way mm. one of the best jobs i've ever had and the inadvertent question afterwards is why did you leave yeah. <laughs> it's quite often that i get um i can get into that in a moment but i think being a teacher learning about um children mm-hmm. is 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 amazing but i think the most for me the most important thing was i'd already been in in industry mm. being in industry and coming in as a teacher gave a different perspective mm. it allowed me to showcase a different part of what it is like to grow and do things differently and approach things differently and personally that's what i felt it felt like at that time and don't get me wrong i was still early in my career sure other folks that i met the bureaucracy was what really dwindled it for me mm-hmm. and really made it quite difficult to 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 want to continue with it mm-hmm. uh number one and it's a big thing uh, and it is it, and it's a, it's a low-paying job it doesn't mm-hmm. pay well yeah. um a lot of fo- i Which feel is probably why people were saying to you hang on wait you, yeah. you've got a really good career why are you going into exactly i mean i took a third of my salary when i became a wow. teacher that was getting as a graduate yeah. on a grad scheme so you can imagine the the drop mm-hmm. uh financially but the output and what you can gain afterwards is 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 amazing mm-hmm. but it is um i was on a fast track uh, gtp graduate teacher position so i moved quite fast up the ranks mm-hmm. um it was great to be in that position um at a very young age but one of the key things about it is a lot of folks in teaching have done one simple thing they've been they went to school mm-hmm. they went to college they went to university they went back to school to teach mm-hmm. and then they continued that cycle i don't mean this in any disrespect because some of the most amazing teachers out there have done that mm-hmm. some of the people who have had the largest impact on my life have done that mm-hmm. but a lot of the folks who were dealing with other teachers almost dealt with them as though they were students mm-hmm. and almost dealt with them as though they were those children at that age bracket right which was not an easy way to kind of grow and mm-hmm. um really master that career i felt i got a lot of accolade being a teacher uh, from my peers but more importantly the children mm-hmm. and i felt like even to this day i'm in central london or i'm in work and somebody might join the organization sir uh-huh. and it's it's you know it's it's amazing experience but i think facing that jump and that 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 kind of big leap to go into teaching but thereafter going mm. back and making the jump again into mm. something else and again doing that continuously down the career it's it about 5 years did you say about four and a half four and a half five years yeah. of teaching okay and then and then jumping back and i guess it's you know you you, you touched on um what you said from it to teaching yeah there were voices yeah. be it 
people close to you, community, whatever, and you went, went, you went against the grain. Yeah. Um, and so here now, I'm not sure if that happened again or if it was just you learning from last time saying, actually, I want to no, I think, make a No, I think there's probably more support to go back to into. To go back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, think, I think the voices this time were coming from my peers as teachers saying, mm. oh, we don't want to lose you as a teacher. Right. You, we think you're great at, you know, in the education sector. Um, so I kind of did the leap so I did a gradual leap. So I still was in education, but mm. corporate education. Right, right. And then became a, you know, a regional head for education for a software company. Mm-hmm. And thereafter, I was self-employed mm. and worked in several very large organizations as a self-employed mm-hmm. contractor mm-hmm. and then went into management consulting. And what, what sorry. Yeah. I know people listening will be thinking about the courage aspect yeah. of that. So you're, um, yeah. you, you know, you, you've, you've jumped out of that. You've gone back into that world albeit within education aspect. And then you, you know, in a really blasé way, really cool, chill that way, say, yeah, then I became self-employed. What what was that like? What was the jump to go from there to then go, oh, I'm going to work for myself? I think, think, uh, again, it's knowledge. Uh, Knowledge is power. It's key. And I think I learned a lot about the industry that I went into, data, um, analytics, tech, and I learned a vast amount. And being an educator in that field, you learn so much more. Like you've got to teach these professionals around the world about how to be a master in that area and be an SME, a subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. So I think once it got to a remit, I was like, hold on a second. I'm teaching subject matter experts how to be subject matter experts in this, in this Mm -hmm. arena. I, I, I could do this. Mm -hmm. And I weighed it up and I was like, hold on this, this is number one. It's you, you, you end up meeting a lot of new people around the world um, you're actually in the mix of implementation. So building something from scratch and really owning it. And then the third, I think the, the really important part is, is collaboration. You mean so many vast teams that you have to work with on a continuous basis that you kind of go, oh my gosh, I'm getting so much perspective. Mm-hmm. Before it was like education or just tech. Now it's all of this combined mm-hmm. together. So the ecosystem. Um, so it became a no brainer. And I know it sounds really easy. Like, like you said, to just go, oh yeah, I'm going to become a, co-. again, it was a leap. It was, mm. I, I had to face the fear and I was like, do I do this? Mm. I have to go to company's house. I have to open my own business up yeah. and I have to do, you know, then I have to make sure I'm earning mm. and I have to make sure I can provide and so on and so forth. You've got a mortgage, you've got a, you, you, a wife, you've mm. got all sorts of different things. My wife was working full time. She's amazing support, fantastic at what she's doing. And she was always supportive, whatever mm. I wanted to do. And I think that was That's also important. Really, yeah. really important was yeah. the fact that she was supportive. Um, so, on the back of that, I was just able to have that growth aspect where I was going, okay, let me do something different. Then when I got to a certain point, I got an offer to be a management consultant and head up a European remit um, in data. And again, I was contracting. Mm-hmm. I was actually working at a music company at the time. Really, really enjoyed it there. And then I, I could have been there for a long time as a contractor, quite easily made the money I was making, but I decided to take the leap. Mm. Went into permanent position, took less money to get into the permanent position again. And the reason behind that was there was an ethos behind it that was allowing me to build an academy. Right. And the academy was with children coming out of university, not right. children anymore, young adults yeah, coming sure. out of university. Isn't and, it weird that we refer to them yeah, as children now? Yeah. Like we're that age now. Yeah, yeah Completely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the white beards. Yeah. Right here. Um, and they were coming out and you had to kind of teach them about um, life. Mm. We had to teach them about technology. We had to teach them about what their career means for them mm. and how they're going to grow. Funny enough, so many of these individuals that 
who are there have followed me in different career paths mm-hmm. and been working for me or with me mm-hmm. in different other jobs that I've moved into. So after management consulting, I continued on. I just continued doing the same kind of thing where I wanted to teach people and coach people. And that became my my uh, my hidden strength. Mm-hmm. I think it was that the going, and it relates all the way back to teaching again. Mm-hmm. So it's all the parts that I learned from teaching and from the save us stuff mm-hmm. that I've done in the charities, combining them together and actually putting it into my mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. And my career just prospered because of that. Mm. and don't get me wrong it was hard work as well I wasn't just sat there going oh it's all going to come to me <laughs> yeah, now and sure, it's, sure. but it was facing your fears making sure you take that next step and if anyone for anybody here my suggestion would be it, when you are making that decision or you are thinking about doing something new my personal opinion is do it mm. um, think about why you've chosen to even have that thought in your mind in the first place and look at it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then everything thereafter becomes something that you can take with you to other remits right. in your career. Right. And that's exactly what I've done all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I've become, you know, you're going into C-suite now is just great. It's a lot of responsibility, but I can deal with pressure. Mm-hmm. I can deal with all those different commodities that yeah, come with yeah. it. And the pressure of 30 children in a classroom or however many there were yeah. probably gave you a bit more uh, thick skin than if you didn't Oh, com- com- completely. Teaching 30 uh, children every hour and 30 different children every hour mm. for a day um and 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 that's your life uh i'll tell you what's harder than that though is twins no joke <laughs> <laughs> no they're great um but no it's completely that it's completely that. isn't it interesting that um that strong decision that you had to make to go from going back into your early career that graduate scheme etc you know going from that place of comfort if i can say that um to then jumping to teaching has had the most significant impact on your life moving forward because you know from your words everything is coming out of that teaching heart that you have that teaching Completely. experience that you had i think you just you nailed it <laughs> you just nailed it by saying that um i think you touched on something else there as well about comfort mm. um uh, so this is me personally and this doesn't mean that everyone else is the same but as soon as i get comfortable mm-hmm. I feel like I need to do something else. Right. It, and that's me. And it might be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. But me personally, I'm, I, I, it's great being comfortable. Don't get me wrong. And a lot of people like I'm now settled. I'm doing my thing. I'm relaxing. I've got this thing where I, I need to be challenged constantly mm-hmm. and I need to be able to grow. And that, that for me equates to growth. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm feeling comfortable in something and it becomes a bit too easy, I'm like, hold on a second. This is, I'm not using my brain. Mm, I'm not growing. I'm not growing. I'm not learning. I'm not able to cascade what I have learned. Mm. This feels a little bit too odd. Mm. So on the back of that, what generally happens is um, opportunities then coincidentally, Mm. (laughs) you can call it that, uh, come my way and I look at them. And it could be an opportunity in the same uh, organization I'm working for. Mm -hmm. It could be an uh, opportunity like being able to apply for the London Marathon and getting in. It could be the rickshaw challenge I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It could be any of those things. But career-wise and, co- and courageousness, the, you know, the courage that you get from anything in life is, my opinion is, think outside of your comfort zone. Mm. Think about what you could learn from this and what you could be giving to the people around you. And it's a no-brainer. Mm. It's brilliant. I think um, one of the first guests on this show, a guy called Sam Phillips, he was talking about not plateauing yeah like getting to a place where you're constantly brilliant um action in courage and you can't action courage yeah 
if you're in a comfort place like no, no, there's no, no need for courage then right? that's a great way of putting it and mm. i think it, well, it totally lines up with what you're saying completely yeah, aligned with that mm. amazing cool um i wanted to ask you if there a bit of a fun question if there was a movie a book a piece of music a bit of art that inspired you um to be or inspires oh. you to be more courageous uh in life oh wow okay there are so many there's that's loads the in there. there's so many so i'm not going to ask you your favorite because i think that's a really yeah. hard question but if something comes to mind um i think i think i think so this is going to sound like a cliche but the shawshank redemption the movie oh, yeah, yeah. um it, it's just a great movie because you know it's about facing your fears there there's a lot of courage asp- aspects that relate to that movie but it's about how do you make the worst situation in your life turn into something that's great later down the line mm-hmm. so no matter how low you are no matter how you feel like you're at the bottom of the pile there is always a way to get out of it no matter where, what you think and i mean that that film probably resonates with a lot of individuals and why it's such a popular movie mm-hmm. and why people have rated it as like one of the highest you know the favorite movies in of all time mm-hmm. i think because of resonation you kind of look at it and you go that person doesn't need he's not supposed to be in jail or mm-hmm. is he there or and other people are but they're good people and mm-hmm. they're moving themselves around and they and so on and so forth no matter what is coming their way they've got so much um impact within the prison cell they're getting they they're getting abused left right and center there's mm. so many things happening to them but on the back of it they still see light at mm. the end of that tunnel they come out of it they exceed they do something well and i think that's something that resonates with all humans mm. no matter where they are they're looking to see okay can i get there let me try and mm. i think that that for me is a probably why i like that movie <laughs> mm. oh, it's a, it makes a lot of sense you yeah. know uh, based on what we've been talking about today in terms yeah. of your career and stuff like whatever comes at you you're looking at it as a here's an opportunity here's Completely. an opportunity what can i do with this you know yeah. um, great movie great movie by the yeah, way. yeah it is <laughs> um is there uh, anyone that comes to mind i know you spoke about your dad earlier yeah. on uh, you mentioned your granddad as well the strength of the courage and strength of your mum as well yeah um are there people outside of the family unit that come to mind when uh, you think about courage yeah yeah there, there's a lot of friends um there's the people that have been who, who go through things and i won't go into who they are but there are friends that go through things on a regular basis mm-hmm. i think the friends that talk about things openly um that that are able to kind of really open up their feelings on a regular basis are the ones that i look up to mm-hmm. uh they're the ones that i look to for strength and guidance um and there are lots of friends like that out there that i uh, rely on i think in in the world that the charity work uh, i'm involved in there are people over there that have specifically been a, a massive impact to me um in my life um that you know they've they've had a huge impact in the way i am as a person um what that means in terms of charity but what that means as as a human being as well mm. being really strong and i won't again i won't mention names here but there are people that have done that and and been really really um uh, impactful to me personally you're welcome to if you want to make someone smile <laughs> <laughs> uh well my, look, so, so from a family perspective my wife's been a massive impact for me in that Amazing. perspective she's she's had a uh you know quite a unique life as well um but but generally just a pragmatic individual that's very focused on growth 
but also just a person that has a lot of empathy about her as well in terms of life. Mm-hmm. I think she's probably one of the most pragmatic people I've met. But then other people outside it... Um, Can I just say, spouses, support your spouse. That's yeah. good. That's a good little thing. Yeah, a good little yeah completely. Support your spouse. Yeah, <laughs> no, completely. Yeah. She's been there. And I, hopefully I've supported her as well. Um, and then I think other people, there's there's there, uh, there's an individual called Cabal Shah. <laughs> He's a very good friend of mine that I've grown up with. He's just been a, a solid rock Um uh, and I, I might be a time to say this now, but there's a guy called Rick Spanger uh, <laughs> that I've known. Um, I know that guy. Yeah, I know that guy too. Uh, being a big impact on 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 my life as well. Um, there are loads. There are loads, and mm. there's a, a, one in particular who's a little bit older than me, uh, Sanjay uh, Sanjay Videra. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic individual, um, and and just being like an older brother to me. Um, and just being there no matter what. And then there's lots of family members as sure, well. Sure. Um, but yeah, and I mean, yeah, they, they, it's just, and then more recently uh, a guy uh, called uh, Dr. Amit Sra, um, mm-hmm. just the tenacity of this individual is mm-hmm. unbelievable. And I thought I was courageous in certain things that I did in my life, but working with this individual now on personal pursuits and, and businesses uh, one of the most inspiring individuals I've met. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. A lot of people. Yeah. I Which th- kind of, yeah. Sorry, you're going to say something. No, no. It's, uh, and I think that uh, to your, I, I'm sure you probably say the same thing because of the way I am and all the changes I've made and all mm. the different things, they've not just come from one person. It has mm. to be from so mm. many individuals. Mm. And I think that's a really important message that, that, that we, we're, we're designed to work in community, aren't we? Completely. As human beings. Completely. You know, that you can't be an island. Uh, you're not going to get very far. Yeah. Um, well, you could get far, but you're not going to get as far as you and, can. And, in, and, and again, it's every you. single person that, you're with to a certain degree has some impact on you right mm. who you meet who you're interacting with on a daily basis they all have some and it goes again to what i was saying earlier about that ripple effect mm. you're not just giving a ripple effect you're receiving that ripple mm. effect as well mm. so there's a lot of different people that impact you positively mm. too mm. so if you could sum up everything that we've talked about today yeah what would be key takeaways you'd like people to sort of think about take a chance Take a chance. Yeah, take a chance. Um, opportunity is your friend. Mm. Okay, don't don't knock it because some at some point down the line you'll regret it. Um, if something comes your way that you can see would be good, no matter how small it is mm-hmm. or how large it is, take it, own it. And you will you will go far with it. Mm. If you take it and you do it half heartedly and you don't really focus on it, you're not going to succeed in it. Mm. But the minute you own it and it's yours, and, and it's not yours forever, but it's yours there and then, mm. take the most you can from it and then use that to help you in the other pursuits that you mm. take in life as well. And one, I think one final point that I'd love folks to take away is no matter what you're going through in your life no matter how bad it might look at that given point in time you will always be able to extract something positive from there and take it with you to something that has immense impact not just on you but other people around you as well in life Mm -hmm. so wherever you're feeling low there is only gonna you're only gonna come out of that really really well at the end of it Mm -hmm. amazing oh that's really good that's really strong (laughs) 
Thanks, Viv. Really appreciate you coming down Cheers. today. Um, is there a place that people can find you online if they wanted to connect with you? Yeah, sure. Where, where's a good place? L- LinkedIn. LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably okay. like the number one place at the moment um, that you can find me. Uh, there are business pursuits that uh, uh, I talked about, uh, Dr. Amitsrath, both he and I are um, going out and doing at the moment. One is in um, uh, esports and helping children from the ages of 7 to 15 mm-hmm. um, get on to um, uh, out of their social blanket <laughs> out into the open so they meet new people in in um, uh, built up um, uh, centers that are got coaching facilities Amazing. and people professionals from around the world that talk about nutrition mm-hmm. health career networking and so on and so forth and even provide um, uh, sponsorships to go to university so Amazing. so something Excellent. new and different but Esports, <laughs> esports. Oh, great! Um, we'll uh, we'll stick your um, LinkedIn perfect uh, thing down the bottom in the description, and then people can find out a bit about that as you develop and Fantastic. and put that out there. Thank you. Incredible. Um, we are going to cover some other topics uh, in upcoming podcasts. Brilliant. Uh, we're going to look at uh, marriage and relationships. Uh, look at parenting. Um, and a couple of other exciting things as well. Would you be up for coming back and talking oh, to us? Oh, most certainly. That would be amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me today as well. well it's, been, it's been awesome having you. And it's really good to hear, especially as you have such a, um, a multidisciplinary type career. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, and all the stuff that you're doing, um, you know, with CFI and the service and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. So glad you were able to come and join us today. Cheers. Thanks, Rick. Really appreciate that. I appreciate uh, that. I hope you guys got something from that. For those of you listening and um, whatever you're doing in life, whatever you're uh, facing, whatever opportunities come your way, go encourage. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that video. Hope you got something out of that. And if you did, why not let us know in the comments. Also, if you haven't already, please do subscribe to the channel and you'll stay up to date with all things Go Encourage. I'll see you next time.